Hello and welcome. Welcome to Voice of Reach. Voice of Reach is a podcast from the Reach Foundation for Community Services promoting social, emotional and psychological wellness in children, adolescents and their families. This is Dr. Yashaswini Kamaraju, child and adolescent psychiatrist from Bengaluru. Today I'm going to talk about motivating children. I think this seems to be an important topic given that children have been in their homes in the last one and a half years and a lot of them are tired and bored of online education and, and I also see parents struggling along with them to motivate children. And in fact, motivating children it doesn't seem to be an easy task because there are multiple factors involved in motivating children. But why do we need to motivate children? Because in order to initiate any task, be it their homework, be it their uh, practice with an extracurricular activity that they want to get better at, be it anything, any activity or a task, they need motivation to initiate the task, to complete the task, and also to have this sense of fulfillment that they that they've done a pretty good job. So, and also for learning, they need to, in order to focus while they're learning, in order to learn effectively, or in order to uh, get this fulfillment of that they have reached their potential. So motivation is required for all of these things. But why do some children uh, get motivated far more better than the others? Is, is it a simple yes or no? Definitely it's not a simple yes or no because there is a whole lot of scientific data behind why we are wired to do certain things, how our brains motivate us and how our environment shapes us um, in, our, in our behaviors and how our motivation develops over a period of time. And if you think motivation is something that children, children develop all of a sudden when they grow up, that's really not true because motivation is something that children develop as they grow. It's not surprising that infants as young as one year olds start developing the skill of motivation. How do they develop it? It's more more with exploring their environment and with curiosity. If you see one year old babies, even an infant throws a toy that you give and wants to see what happens next. So the more responses the infant is able to elicit based on his behavior, if it is making uh, the infant happy, enjoyable, he does it more. So, you know, if something becomes scary in the environment, uh, the infant doesn't do it. So the same thing applies as children grow up. So something that is too complex, they do, they do not want to explore. Something that is too simple, that is too monotonous, that doesn't catch their interest. So what catches their interest? For the best amount of motivation, you need something that's interesting. That, that's a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, not a challenge which is beyond their abilities. So if you want a child to perform well, if you give them a task which is completely beyond their abilities, it is very hard for them to keep themselves motivated. If it is too easy for them, they are not motivated either. So what is a good balance? A challenge or a task should be something which the child is capable of achieving it, 
with effort with the right amount of effort so this is something that parents need to keep in mind if your child is doing something which is completely beyond the abilities of the child or completely uh, opposite of what your child's innate ability is possibly we are asking the wrong thing from the child so it's important to keep the child keep realistic goals have realistic goals for children to achieve um the targets in whatever area you want them to to keep their motivation going and to help them develop the skill and hone the skill of motivating themselves over a period of time so as i said earlier motivation is not a yes or no phenomenon it's not that it's there in some children it's not there in some children it doesn't work that way because our brains continue to read experiences gather experiences and while children are learning these experiences are stored in the form of memories and the memories are stored retrieved each time so you have a pleasurable you had a pleasurable experience back then so when you see something something gives you a clue in your mind so so that you can repeat that activity so the past memories are retrieved giving you a clue of either the experience is going to be pleasurable or fearful so that's the reason why our brain throws up these fearful cues or the dog is chasing you you better run so why is this happening because there are structures in the brain which record memories like a hippocampus which records and retrieves and stores memory there's an amygdala which is an emotional processing center it is constantly telling us what is pleasurable what is fearful you need to stay away from this uh, from this person who seems to be aggressive you could go to this um, to, you could talk to these people they seem to be nice so our amygdala is giving us these experiences the same thing with the task or oh, i don't think math is something that is interesting to me i failed in math so then so you're getting this displeasure each time you approach math each time the child approaches math the child is going to be aversive each time the child is is having a pleasurable experiences reading some other subject like english or social so the child is going to repeat more so this amygdala is giving us the pleasurable the fearful responses there's also emotional processing like an air trafficking done by an area called prefrontal cortex in the brain it helps to plan and it helps to helps you in decision making oh i don't think i should study this now i don't think i have enough time uh, to read all these chapters in one week so there is a lot of processing that goes on in the mind in addition of course we do have uh, many neural pathways like dopamine serotonin pathways which beautifully are integrated and like electric like electric circuits that go on in the brain while we are doing tasks and and to give us the memories whether they're painful to keep us motivated and they all influence our learning and behaviors and something like a dopamine which is a reward hormone is extremely important it's very crucial and in fact a lot of the mobile game industry and the video game industry in fact are based on that so you play a video game you win the game you each time you you get this dopamine 
chemical released in your brain the more dopamine gets released the more you are hooked on to the brain so so it is a reward hormone and it activates us so what happens when a child is winning the video game each time he tends to a lot more and more time whereas something that's boring and that he's not interested he wouldn't do it so we are we are inclined to do the tasks when uh, we have this reward hormone releasing each time in the brain so this is related to a child being able to achieve the target so whatever it may be so all the experiences around us uh, gather into memories and these memories are stored retrieved and they have an, they get associated and there are thoughts and these thoughts influence the behavior so there is fantastic science behind the motivation so in a child if you want a child to be motivated understand there's a process so how do you how do you influence this process it comes back to the environment of the child so what is it with the environment of the child there's a social environment there appearance there's an environment with the peers and there's a home environment so if you want to create pleasurable experiences if you want your child to do well be it in a sport or studies or whatever it may be you need to make sure that the experiences that the child is having are pleasurable or enjoyable the child experiences fearful or scary experiences then then the repetition of it or the motivation to do that particular task drastically falls so so how do we motivate children then so we do know that there are there is extrinsic motivation which is a reward based motivation so you see you see parents saying okay you finish your homework then you can go out to play you you get a 90% then i'm going to give you this i can buy you a phone um i can buy you okay a dog or a pet or whatever it is so this is an extrinsic motivation which is a reward based motivation and our human brains are wired to get rewards so we all need some amount of reward so but however excessive dependency on external motivation wouldn't help and parents often say this you know he promised that he would continue to study i got him a mobile phone he wanted an xbox i got that i got a dog but he wouldn't still study he would wouldn't still do his homework and i still continue to get complaints from uh, from his teachers why because a pure reward based mechanism of external motivation doesn't work so then what is it of course there has to be internal motivation and what is this intrinsic motivation intrinsic motivation is something that is derived within you work for it because it you you get you derive joy out of it and and often parents see their children oh while he's playing this game you need to see him is completely immersed i can't get him out of it he enjoys himself and he forgets the surrounding environments why why do children do that including their outdoor play or while talking to friends because they're totally immersed in their experience which is enjoyable which is pleasurable so the same thing for an activity or a task or reading a subject if it is something that they're motivated internally they derive joy out of it and they repeat the experience so there has to be an internal intrinsic motivation and if the no amount of external motivations or bribes would push children for their best potential so in how so internal intrinsic motivation develops over a period of time so the child needs to understand i want to study for myself so there are some children who tell me oh i just has to i just have to study because of my parents 
I just need marks because my mom wants this. Instead, the intrinsic motivation is about, I want to get good marks. I want to go to a certain college. I want to do this. So I like to do this. So it has to be felt purposeful and meaningful for the child to develop internal motivation. However, internal motivation does not develop overnight. And if you push to make the child develop intrinsic motivation very soon, what happens? Children develop performance anxiety. And I often see this in high school children. So children might, you know, not want to attend the exam for fear of failures or what if uh, this happens or they may have exam phobia or go to the exam blank out. So there's a lot of performance anxiety because we are expecting a certain ex outcome and if the child is focused on the outcome develops a lot of anxiety rather than enjoying the process so feeling that oh this the feeling that i've done my best so it's very important to focus on the process and just the external rewards aren't going to motivate the child so the right balance should should be between intrinsic and external motivation so you should be giving some rewards as well and there are some parents who would not believe in any external rewards oh he didn't do anything nothing big in my family there were a lot of achievers I don't think he has achieved anything that wouldn't work either because then in such cases you see children oh it's not a big deal I'm a topper of the class but the child is still unhappy still feels he's not good enough to please parents so you and our human brains need some external awards they don't have to be every day but for something big like after a 10th board exam 12th board exam they've done well it's okay to give an external reward so how do we develop intrinsic motivation extrinsic motivation external rewards of course all parents are very well aware of that so how to improve the intrinsic motivation and understand that it develops over time throughout the childhood suddenly you can't expect a fifth standard or a sixth standard child to say that i'm highly interested in studies because parents often often ask me how come my child doesn't have a direction the child is only 10 or 11 how come he doesn't show exhibit any interest in a particular stream it's too early so we need to wait for the intrinsic motivation to develop gradually and not rush the child what are the things that a parent could do to improve the intrinsic motivation one set a study time i'm talking primarily about academics so you could apply the same principles to learning a sport or anything i'm talking about academics because this is where most parents are concerned about so set a study time and involve the child in planning so if you're saying if you're telling the child i want you to study at six o'clock every evening initially when the child is young would definitely listen to you but as the child grows up he's going to rebel he's going to say no no i'm not going to sit at six o'clock or i want to play i want to talk to my friend so involve the child in fixing the study time second make the study time enjoyable as i was telling you earlier experiences are crucial for learning um, and motivation so make the study time enjoyable so i would suggest no arguments no conflicts during the study time because if you each each experience of study time becomes very unpleasurable to the child the child would become very very aversive and third 
have small goals do not have big big goals with children you have to slowly walk with them handhold them and it's a step by step process small goals involve the child in goals and and have a step by step plan okay you you want to study today what do you want to let's plan for tomorrow let's plan for this week and the parent has to go along with the child if you're leaving everything to the child possibly children are not going to do by themselves so have goals small goals plan step by step activities maybe weekly to achieve those goals so we need to be very careful in doing these small steps and not plan for the entire year or plan for the entire month short term would would help it uh, easier for kids to follow so go week by week if it gets very difficult for you and be flexible see there are children whose attention spans or whose interest very pretty quickly so be flexible you don't want to do math today it's fine it's fine you may be weak in math but if the child is saying you know i don't want to study math you could tell him yeah i know that you're weak in math but that's not but if you don't want to study today it's okay so don't be too rigid because the child can uh, conflict with you more so that it should appear that the child has some amount of leeway in choosing what he studies and this we are talking uh, about this because we want to inculcate regular study habit we want to emphasize the process of it we want to help the child maintain the consistency and develop motivation over a period of time now with the pandemic and all parents are at home and children are at home so the teacher they've also become teachers and the teaching responsibility has fallen back to the parents now so the method of teaching also matters and you do know some children who who could make a lot of mistakes maybe not the perfect handwriting not the perfect neat work but you should be okay with it initially till you get compliance of the child till you get the regularity and consistency and compliance later on slowly step by step you could correct the child if you are giving too much of a feedback right from day get go the child would not be interested in doing that that activity so make sure your teaching method has some flexibility as well and also a relaxed environment if the, as a parent you're stressed out you have no time you have 100 other things okay let's do your homework but i have only 15 minutes you need to finish this within half an hour i have no time so if you're setting those goals i think sometimes children want to push your buttons little more because they do know that you're busy and you're going to leave after 20 minutes so yes they take their own sweet time um if you if they know that you don't have the time and, and some children can play with you and even manipulate you so you need to be careful with that now i did speak about consistency as well but novelty see when you teach them on a daily basis let's say um for example uh, i hear from parents when the father teaches the, my child on the weekend my child is a lot more better but i sit with him every day teach him he throws all kinds of tantrums with me that's also because children like novelty and if you see fathers teaching in most cases rather i can't generalize i see fathers being a bit playful giving the child a bit of a leverage because of course they're not teaching every day so when they teach they're also interested and less stressed out so they're okay to hear from the child it, it 
kind of gets this playful attitude whereas when moms have to do it every day and there's a lot to cover and they are more consistent so children sometimes do not like the structure and they tend to do this so you need to understand let's say your child wants to tell a story before you start teaching him let him tell the story so make make them feel that they are heard so that they experience is enjoyable and the other other essential thing is giving them constructive feedback it seems easy but it's pretty hard to follow because why uh, giving constructive feedback isn't easy you're seeing your child you know how far they have to go and they're giving throwing all sorts of tantrums but you need to be composed and you still need to say that you did a pretty good work today okay we'll let let's see what else we could do tomorrow rather than saying this if you're saying no this is not enough this is not good enough this will not get you anywhere this negative feedback the child would want to avoid studying would develop more aversion towards studies down the line now in older children in children more than 10 i would suggest tuition teachers because younger children they are much more willing to hear from the parents much more willing to work with you but older children they need uh, tutors i would i would feel because they are much more willing to take the feedback from an outsider rather than from parents communication is extremely important don't close the communication because i see some parents oh you're not studying well i don't like your behavior i'm not going to talk to my son because i don't like his behavior unfortunately as parents that luxury does not exist so keep the communication going and praise the effort this cannot be emphasized enough because the more you praise the effort the more your child will understand that this is something that has to be repeated he would uh, enjoy the process of it despite the outcome so yes it's it's good that you were able to sit for 45 minutes it's good that i saw you doing this today so encourage that process give positive remarks about that that process of it if you don't do that and if you put emphasis on the outcome you studied for 3 hours but you got only these marks so then the child is putting lot of effort on the uh, worried about outcome and tends to develop lot of fears so unless we praise the process of it and the the child is not going to repeat the process and enjoy um the process of it and be motivated themselves so the other thing is the mistakes make sure you teach the child that these mistakes are okay to do because a lot of times i see parents getting worried if you do this work what would your teacher say if this is the work how many marks would you get who's going to read your exam paper how will you uh, get marks if you write only two lines so please understand the mistakes have to be pointed out more as practice For, for for improvement so help your child understand that okay these are mistakes that's okay this needs much more practice so we need to inculcate growth mindset in children and there is enough data on that the children even if their abilities are not great if they have a growth mindset that with practice they can achieve they can really be successful so make sure that you do not magnify the mistakes and help children to see these mistakes as pointers for further practice and this can be rolled modeled by parents as well if in the home environment if a child is able to see 
the parent you know my mom didn't know this she really worked on it and she got it you know children are able to see these experiences unsaid they gather a lot of experiences in the home so make sure you're also modeling that's a great way to teach your children so what are the do's and don'ts so let me go through these do's and don'ts uh, on how what you should be doing to get the motivation going so as i was already telling you give constructive feedback support the child also understand what are the capabilities of your child you know if your child is struggling with the curriculum you need to think is this the right curriculum for my child is this task too challenging is this curriculum way too high for my child's abilities so also understand see check identify if your child has any learning issues maybe you need to get uh, tested uh, maybe you need to get your child tested for any learning problems and in the environment uh, keep the study time or any task that you want to teach them it should start small simple steps praise positive feedback and um positive comments and no conflict zone while you're teaching them so these are the do's now coming to the don'ts no punishment at all i mean you could be firm you could give them instructions they could have consequences i mean they you they can't play let's say the child did not do the work and wants to play for hours together you could say no you can't play unless you do this that's absolutely fine but punishments for everything okay you're grounded for one week or 10 days doesn't work with children so you need to keep in mind what works for them reduce the negative feedback that's one of the don'ts so and do not stop the child from engaging in interesting activities i see parents completely stopping okay you can't touch the video game you can't engage on anything on the computer till you study unfortunately children wouldn't do that especially this age right and and in the current times because of nothing else to do so stopping that may not necessarily increase this so rather you have to regulate it you need to do this then you can you can get the computer time so rather than completely eliminating their interesting activities you need to regulate the time that they are spending on mobile or internet regulate it supervise it i've also done a podcast on how teenagers need to use technology and how parents could help please um listen to the previous podcast as well uh, now the other thing is appreciate not monotonous activities children are very very tired of so see what else could be done to make it a little interesting uh, because you see children bond better with certain tuition teachers better way of teaching also helps them so just asking them to go through a monotonous way of learning is not applicable to all children this is where a particular type of curriculum also comes in um what curriculum is suitable for children so these are overall the main things and these uh, these are simple pointers uh, to make sure that you motivate your child however there are some children who could be excessively be um drawn towards the internet mobile completely non compliant um exhibit a lot of aggression and anger uh, there you are not able to motivate the child at all these are the children possibly could be having underlying issues some unmasked conditions um so for these children definitely you need to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist in order to see how we could help them so i hope this podcast is useful so please follow this simple steps um and thank you so much